Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're stealing the Declaration of Independence. And we're not killing Sean Bean. So, not to be a nudge. Uh, because set your clocks back. Because today we're bringing you... National Treasure! released uh, November 19th, 2004, 5,163 days ago on a $100 million budget, which actually even matches the budget of Bumblebee, which was released 19 days ago. Uh, but it, it it made $347.5 million worldwide, which was pretty good in the early 2000s. Here's where it really gets kind of sad. 45% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 76 audience rating, 39 on Metacritic. For 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, I would have thought the Metacritic would have been like eight. I'll be honest with you, Ethan. This movie, just out of the gate, on a binary, I give this a zero. Like, you just don't have to see it. Uh, probably because it's always on television. This movie has been, and Nick, Nicolas Cage in general, has been kind of nickelbacked. Oh, I 100% a agree bit. with you. And I do not think it agree, er, uh, deserves to get the amount of, of flack that it gets. Whereas if you're like, oh, I love National Treasure, people are like, oh. Right, oh, you're not like a real like, film As guy. this episode comes out, I can both feel our subscribers just dropping and John Negroni being like, I hate these people. I hate them. He's going to take our, he said in his episode, by the way, Ethan and I were both featured in an episode of Cinemaholics, John Negroni's podcast, just this week. Uh, it was their top 10 movies of 2018. You get to hear, I'm not sure if you get to hear our top 10 i haven't listened to the whole thing but uh you do get to hear our voices say things so be sure to click over to cinemaholics yeah, and listen that, to that link is in the description of this episode yes uh now 45 i agree with you it's, it's been nickel back to bad i do see problems with it this time that i never thought before it's it has i was struck when i was watching it that it has been a long time since i've sat down and like watched this movie right like front to all back. the way through but this falls into Let's get into our uh, professional reviews yet. So I've got a negative review from Richard Roper, like Richard Roper of Ebert and Roper. Mm -hmm. And he says, so bad on so many levels. That's it? That's it. Richard. That's all he said. Richard. I wonder if our friend uh, over at, what's it called, ever reviewed this film. I don't know, but I do have a positive review from Ed Park. Now, this is a review that could be, I think, spun positive or negative, but it's in the positive review section. Ed Park over at The Village Voice says, National Treasure gets more entertaining as the preposterousness rises. Okay. Which I actually personally felt like was almost the opposite of how I felt. But let me, let's talk about the film. Here's where, if you were to give this an out of 10 or you were to and expect Real, an average a, a, a tomato score what would you get real quick yeah you know who hated bumblebee whom richard brody did he really yep richard brody hated bumblebee yep How? he liked welcome to marwin really he did not like roma or spider-man into the spider-verse really correct richard brody this is transformers review richard brody right here where the bay transformers movies alternated between ecstasy and dullness bumblebee is consistently middling i can't believe that richard brody. He, he did like bohemian rhapsody he'd like roma you said he did not like roma really he gave that a negative review he didn't like spider-verse <laughs> <laughs> he did like Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, but he did not like... Hold on, what did I just see? He did not like First Man. He doesn't like any movies that people like. He has a very He didn't like mid-90s. He is the anti-John Negroni. Yeah, John gets it. Like, everything... He loved A Star Is Born. What did you think of A Star Is Born? I haven't seen it. You didn't see it? No, didn't bother. It's all right. Hated it the first time, three times it came out. Why would I see it the fourth time? You hated it? Every single time, yeah. It doesn't sound like 2019 is the year of positivity. 
they were all bad movies. Bad movies are still bad movies. It was the worst Judy Garland movie ever. Ever. She's she's Dorothy, right? Yeah. I know my late 20s cinema, right? That's 29? 39. 39. Whatever. Yeah. It's been a while. It's okay. been a minute. Anyway, so... It's been 80 years. National Treasure. Okay. First of all, I, I want to go back to Bumblebee for one second because you mentioned about the, the, the budget. I thought that that was an alarmingly low budget for Bumblebee and I forgot to say that last week. I also thought that was alarmingly low for Bumblebee. $100 million for 2004 for this movie seems like a lot. And $100 million for Bumblebee in 2019, 2018, seems like a very small amount. Especially for a film that you, like, that is an advertisement. Like, right. you know, even if it doesn't do it at the box office, it'll do it in the Target aisles. Right. It is a toy commercial. Right. It's made by Hasbro. Right. Speaking of toy commercials, you know what I'm really excited for? Lego Movie Lego 2, movie, the second, the second part. part yes. Anyway, National Treasure. So, this, this for a while, probably not a whole year. Probably not a whole year, but this for a while I would have said was my favorite movie ever. Really? Yeah, when I first saw it when I was 11 years old, I was like, I want to steal the Declaration of Independence. I believe it can be done. Yeah, like 100%. And then in, in the spring of that year, my fifth grade class or whatever went on a field trip to Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's not in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know, but I was going to steal the Liberty Bell or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> when, they're, when they're in Independence Hall? And the, yeah, I was like going up there and looking for it. Are you ladies men for two? One seven. Where are the glasses? <laughs> right, we gotta stop talking about Transformers. Sorry, I'm a Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Cage. Here's what's weird to me about Nick Cage is I was under the impression, even at 11 years old when this movie came out, or 12 years old, I was under the impression that I knew who Nick Cage was. Like I remember seeing the film and be like, oh, that's that guy from that thing. Okay, but then once I entered like a stage in my life where I was interested in film, I don't think I knew any Nick Cage films other than this one. You've never seen another Nicholas Cage movie? That's not true. No, we saw I Wanted have. together. We saw Wanted. I've seen Kick Ass. I've seen a bunch of Nick Cage films. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I saw Spider-Verse, uh, he was Superman in Teen Titans Go, and that's just movies this year. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of Nicolas Cage movies. I think I had seen some by the time this came out. I don't know that I could tell you exactly what, but I had definitely seen some. I remember the, for whatever reason, I don't think I ever saw a trailer for it because I didn't see the kind of movie where you would get a trailer for it. And I've never actually seen the movie, but I remember the poster for Matchstick Men. Oh, I had seen Matchstick Because Man. it hung in the, had you? Isn't it like an R-rated movie? I remember we watched Matchstick Men, and I didn't really know what was going on. I just remembered Nick Cage having ticks. That was like his thing, was that he had to like open the door three times, and that the money was in the dog. Yeah, I remember Matchstick Men. I just remember the poster, because it hung in in the aisle, like the, not the aisle, the like, the, the I don't know, the hallway at the Valley View Movie Theater forever. Mm. It was up there for a long time, and I saw a bunch of movies, I guess, at that time. I don't know what or when, but I saw a bunch of movies, and it was up there forever, and I just remember the tagline, which was lie, steal, cheat, rinse, repeat. Oh, that's good. That's really good. That is stuck in my head, like, since 2003 when that movie came out. Um, but my, so I, I, I have always kind of known who Nicolas Cage was because my dad hated Nicolas Cage. Not a big face-off. He, like, he would not watch a movie if it had, just because it had Nicolas Cage in it. I mean, he's in a lot of bad films. He's also in a lot of good films. He's just in a lot of movies. He is. That's like his thing. And and this is the truth. His first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten films that have scores are all fresh. I believe it. I've seen a bunch of great Nicolas Cage mo movies. Um, I've seen a lot of bad ones. Like he was in Face Off. Good movie. He was in Con Air. Terrible movie. That was the same year. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Who was? Who else was just in two? John C. Riley is in a, a critically acclaimed film right now and is also in Sherlock, both in theaters. What critically acclaimed film? Uh, I should know this. I'm going to get in trouble for not knowing. 
He was in Ralph Breaks the Internet, but no, it's a live action. It's a um, oh god, what's his name? John C. Riley. I know, but I don't know how to spell it. John C. Riley. He is in Stan and Ollie. What with is Oliver that? Hardy. Oh, oh, they made a movie about. I want to see that. I've never heard of that. I want to see that. Ninety-two percent. Probably only at the Grandin if it's in theater still. I believe it just came out. And it says 2018. Oh, well. But but who, who knows? Well, I want to see this. Who's who plays? Stan Laurel, Steve, Steve Coogan. Coogan. Oh my God! This has okay. So I, 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 you probably don't even know who Laurel and Hardy are, but no, I don't. Um, they were like, like they were like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley in like the twenties. Wasn't that uh, who did the Who's on First thing? That was Abbott and Costello. Yeah, they same, hated each other. Same right? exact deal. Where they were like, a, they were like a comedy duo. Right. Um, they went up and they told jokes as a team. Right. Well, yeah, and they made like movies and, and stuff. They made movies and stuff. Anyway, I love Laurel and Hardy movies. That's that. Well, I gotta see that. That looks awesome. I did not know that. So anyway, um, this this movie. I just want to say this before I forget. This movie has one of my favorite shots in any movie ever in it. Really? Ever? I don't know why. I just love this shot. There's the the scene in. I guess they're in Philadelphia. They just left the church, and uh, and Ben Nicholas Cage is like walking down the street, and he's like a few paces ahead of Shaw and. He crosses the street and the bus drives in front of him. And when the bus is gone from the frame, he's like halfway down the next street, like sprinting. And you love that shot? I love that shot. Really? When I was, even when I was 11, I was like, that was a great shot. Interesting. That was like, <laughs> so that funny was video storytelling to me. Like, that's so funny to me because I was watching this movie and I was like, man, they could have really benefited from a drone. Yeah. <laughs> the, the helicopter shots are so shaky and bad. Yeah. You just, <laughs> You, you like you don't realize the impact drones have had on movies until you go back and watch like an early two thousands action movie. Right, they had to get like a helicopter out there. Right, you're like, oh poor movie. Like, who directed this? Was it like Ridley Scott or somebody? I'm sure it was nobody. Uh, oh, watch is gonna be is gonna end up being John like Turtle Tom. Nobody exactly. He's not nobody. He seems like nobody. Yeah, he might be nobody. While you were sleeping, Cool Runnings, Phenomenon, The Kid. Yeah, he directed The Meg. He did, yeah. And National Treasure and National Treasure 2. Of all of his films, only two are fresh. No. If this dude was an NFL coach, he would not be an NFL coach. Probably. But I, I love lots of those movies. While You Were Sleeping, great movie. Well, that's Cool Runnings, great movie. But the other is fresh. Three Ninjas. Is this about the kid ninjas? This was like my favorite movie as a kid. He directed Las Vegas. This is the guy right here. He produced Rocket Man. I don't know what that is. That's the new... No, 1997 Rocket Man. Oh, I was going to say. That's the new uh, John, Elton John biopic. Yeah. Oh, this looks awful. About a monkey going to space. Yeah, this looks like it wasn't very good. But yeah, you watch some of these movies, and like this is like a two th an early two thousands action movie. Like you put this right there with like the Born Identity, and like, but it's but it's not because it's it's like a PG movie. But it it, it has the 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 vibe of all of those like Inside Man, like the, uh, Tony Scott, really Scott movies. But it's like a it's like a PG action. Movie. Here's what here's what this is. So in two thousand three, Disney releases Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's a great Disney PG action movie. Amazing. It has been adjusted since uh, it was originally released. It is now PG-13. Weird. But I remember it being PG when it was released. Uh, and I remember talking about it being a PG, PG when we talked about it on the show. So Disney released this movie in 2003. In 2004, they follow it up with this. And this, to me, is very obviously not as good as Pirates of the Caribbean. But it is better than, like, all the sequels. It is not better than Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Okay. But it's better than... Three yeah. of the sequels. Yeah, ag agreed. Um, and it's, I mean, it's it's a similarly fun enough concept to be a match. Obviously, it did not land as well. I don't think Nick Cage is Johnny Depp. No, 
but it, it is also a pretty timeless movie. It definitely is. Like, and I, whether people like it or not, they can't help but reference it. Yeah. Like even, oh, it definitely... It's, it, it makes even, American even, yeah. history interesting in a way that... Almost nothing else does. Right, exactly. It's like you, you know, care, I mean, like, you really believe that they care about like, and there are some super cheesy scenes when they pull the declaration out in the signing room and Ben's just like, the last time this document was here, it was being signed. And I was like, okay. So here's something about the movie that, uh, I don't know, that, that was super cheesy. Here's something about it that uh, 11 or 12 year old me would not have found, would not have caught on to, but 26 year old me was like, oh God, there is absolutely no chemistry between Nicolas Cage and Diane Kruger. Yeah, no, none. 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 There they is do not there is chemistry between Nicolas Cage and Justin Bartha. Yes. But I really just think that Justin Bartha is an underrated actor. I agree. I think that he uh like he is the perfect guy to play parts like this. Yes. He has not gotten I, I think he we still have not seen his best work. Oh, because here we go. He's been in a whole bunch of things. He has been in three fresh films. The Hangover, Dark Horse, and White Girl. Okay. Where he would appear to be maybe a mainish character. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't seem like he does a whole lot. Like he's Doug in The Hangover, who is like the character that's not really in The Hangover. Right. That they're there to find Doug. But like I <laughs> I love I love <coughs> Justin Bartha as Riley. Oh, as do I. Because he's yeah, just he's think... so like he's he's deadpan without being annoying about it. Right. Um so he's he's a perfect like yeah, sidekick, but like not comedic relief sidekick, but almost comedic relief sidekick. I don't know. I think that yeah, you're you're right. I think that there's there's a movie, there's a script out there for Justin Bartha, and one day we will see like some sort of exceptional performance, best supporting actor in a dramatic role type performance from Justin Bartha. Right. I think yeah, I think it's out there. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, now, as far as the the PG live action action movies go, I don't know who the studio was on this one. I believe it is somebody else. Yeah, this is Fox. Two years later, Night at the Museum comes out, and when I think about National Treasure, I can't help but think about Night at the Museum. I agree I don't know with why. that. I agree with that because it's I it's think- it's historical. It's like. It's sort of a cheesy action movie. Uh, for, for kids. For kids. And to me, National Treasure blows Night at the Museum out of the water. Agree or disagree? Say that again. To me, National Treasure blows Night at the Museum yes. out of the water. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. But I think, and I think where National Treasure falls short, though, from being like a truly great movie is I think they tried to make it too much of an action movie. Yeah, I think they did. I think that like anytime the action sequences start and somebody's shooting a gun at our team, like one, I'm not worried about them in the slightest. There are no stakes whatsoever, right? Right. Like, they're not going to harm any of our main characters. It's just not going to happen. None of them are going to get hurt or anything. So have you seen uh, Man on Fire? I don't think so. Denzel Washington and Dakota Fanning. Uh... She's, he, he's like, he's an ex-assassin or whatever who gets hired to be Dakota Fanning's bodyguard. Okay. And she's like a kid. Okay. And it came out the same year. It's, it's, a, it's a Tony Scott, like, super stereotypical, like, action movie action. And it has the exact same, like, look and, like, editing style and style sort of soundtrack and techniques as National Treasure, but it's like heavy and dark and R-rated and like murdery. Okay. And I think that they tried to lean too much toward that and too far away from pirates. Yes. 
I would agree with you there. Pirates of the Caribbean is is much much more lighthearted. It's it's better. Right. This movie relied too much on the script to kind of dig it out of its own holes. It definitely did. It also this really frustrated me in a way that I don't think I'd ever even noticed this scene before. But when they get into the the room with the lamp at the bottom of the um. So towards the end of the film, they get into this like shaft and they go down and the woods breaking and they end up taking the elevator down and Sean Bean's character's there. And when they get down there, they need to find a way to get, they walk into a room that should be the treasure room, right? They like find a secret door, open it and they walk in and it's not the treasure room. Yeah. And then they've got it like, they have this excellent conversation. John Voight talks to Nick Cage and he's like, this is what the treasure's all about, man. You figured it all out. You understand it all. You know, this is an amazing discovery. And then they find the freaking treasure. Well, because that was the only way they were going to be able to portray, like, son, I'm still proud of you, even though you didn't find the treasure. But he did find the treasure is the problem. Right, but you need that development. You need that, like, last... And I get that there's... And there's probably no better way that you could have portrayed that i don't know i just felt like no i agree okay. that that whole scene is bad yeah you fooled sean bean with the one f by land two f by c thing that was good right and you and you had clever. that you had that moment of like implied father-son chemistry where like they get each other without saying anything right they, they and that was they, really cool yeah, and then they get in the room where they think the treasure's supposed to be and like my girlfriend pointed out that that's like a tiny room for like right the biggest treasure ever known to man the treasure no one man should possess right you're like, in like a small room one man could possess this amount of treasure scrooge mcduck had more than this <laughs> right like they, they additionally you went down there and there like there were gold like candlesticks and stuff like you're still gonna make a lot of money off of this venture if this is everything right right but they did it they, they had to have that moment of like son you found it you proved the family right like it doesn't matter that the treasure's not here you know whatever like i still love you i'm still proud of you and there's there's not really a better way that you could have done that without it having some degree of like i'm only proud of you because you found the treasure son mm, i think it would have been fine if he just found the treasure i think it probably would have been fine i just i'm i'm, I'm kind of trying to ex- ex- explain why i feel like they made that choice yeah but it is a bad it's just a bad scene well it's not a bad scene but it is a scene that is just immediately made unnecessary Every time they kiss the the two leads, it's like it's so uncomfortable. It, yeah, there's just they they clearly do not like they don't know each other. There was no like, hey, go spend time and develop some chemistry. Right. It was like it he was walked just... into the office and was like, "What's up? You two are kissing today." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like when he walks into Doctor Chase's office, that's the first time he's ever seen his his co-star. Right. <laughs> and they say, I think Nick Cage is one of those weird, like crazy people who, like, if you're a female working opposite him, you don't want to have to kiss him is because that, he, like, is that the case? I think, he, I think he smokes a lot or doesn't brush his teeth. There's, there's something about him. I could be thinking of somebody else, but I'm pretty sure that's the case with Nick Cage. I mean, I wouldn't be all that surprised if there was some weird. Nicolas Cage seems like I wouldn't really want to be friends with Nicolas Cage. Are you kidding me? Nicolas Cage, uh, hold on. There was an interview. Is he an awesome person or a terrible person? I can't remember. Oh, I think he's a crazy person. There was an interview that uh, Jake Johnson did about wanting to record with Nicolas Cage for uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Jake Johnson is Peter B. Parker. And uh, apparently Nick Cage just recorded his own audio in his own booth and sent it in and was not part of the process whatsoever. But he was like, I will do anything thing nick cage tells me to do if i got there and nick cage was like yeah we're gonna go you know murder a hooker and then do coke like (laughs) (laughs) jake johnson was ready you know he was ready to go meet nick cage and die that day (laughs) i mean i I believe that but like i would i would not want the responsibility of like being friends with nicholas cage no i yeah i I don't like i would love to hang out with him for like a weekend 
or whatever. <laughs> right. That's probably as much as I could do. Like, there's some actors and stuff that, like, I feel like I would love to be friends with them. There's some actors where I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. I want Nick Cage on the podcast. Nick Cage, you are welcome here anytime. Did John Negroni tell you about the, like, the other breakfast food movie podcast? No. Called, like, Breakfast All Day, and it's, like, Ben Mankiewicz from TCM and a bunch of other, like, super huge film critics? No way. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Hang on. He just sent it to me the other day. I think it's, like... We've got a new Target, then. I think it's, like, brand new. Yeah, here. It's on, uh... It's this person, Christy Lemire. She's a film critic, and, yeah, she... I'm giving you the link. If I can find how. Where's my chat? Where's my chat? I want the chat. I want the chat. Give me the chat. What is wrong with you, Skype? Never mind. Just look it up. What's it called? Breakfast all day. What's it on? I don't know. I don't know that it exists yet. We should have incorporated. What do you mean? Page may be inappropriate. Uh, they have a Twitter. Be, be fast all day. 726 followers. Dang. Um, anyway, they're a movie review podcast that I don't know why it's called this, but it seems that they're like a breakfast food related movie review podcast. They're coming for us, Ethan. But they're like critics. I wonder if they like know about us somehow. I don't know. That would be crazy. If Ben Mankiewicz knew who I was and like listened to my podcast, I would literally sh- my pants. Who's Ben Mankiewicz? He's a film critic. He's the guy that does the essentials on TCM. He's just a guy I've been like watching my entire life since I was a kid. Talk about movies. He was the first like guy whose opinion on movies I respected. Interesting. I've never heard of this guy, though he does look familiar. I don't know. We should get him on the show. Whatever. So National Treasure. Um. So it's greater than Night at the Museum. I'll tell you what it's not better than. This is very clearly attempting to imitate something else, and it is not as good as Indiana Jones. You think this is trying to be Indiana Jones? Yes. Okay. I think there is a shot uh, right at the end when walking through the tunnel. You think like historical heist fiction? <laughs> yeah. Not as I good do. as I Indiana think, Jones. I think they're trying to make Ben Gates Indiana Jones, and and he just isn't. You know, he is he, he, he is an unlikely hero for the heist. Yes. That is definitely like a, a similarity to Indiana Jones there. No, I mean, there is literally like a shot where they dress him up with like a leather jacket and a strap over his chest and a white shirt and like khaki pants and boots. Like they're trying to make him look like Indiana Jones. They're trying to make you think of Indiana Rex Jones. Rick's danger vest. <laughs> I, uh, what does he do? He trains raptors. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> and he does all of Chris Pratt's other roles. Yeah, which I don't know why he said archaeologist. Chris Pratt's not an archaeologist. Chris Pratt doesn't play Indiana Jones. No. Did he do an archaeology type thing? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Because that's one of the things that Rex Dangerfest says that he does. There's been a lot of Tyler and Ethan Google. Traveling galaxy and defender, archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. Archaeologist. He's in Cowboy Ninja Viking. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he's just supposed to be like, he's part Chris Pratt and part just like action hero. Right. That'd be very funny if they uh, Emma, did were you not double dots to... on your face? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, Danger, vest, so ex- Danger Vest attri- attributes mirrored those of Chris Pat's characters from Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill, same year as the prequel, Indiana Jones, upon rumors he would take over for Harrison Ford, The Magnificent Seven's Josh Faraday, and Jurassic World's Owen Grady. Magnificent Seven is, is a, a Western. Yes. That, I forgot that existed. It's a remake, yeah. That, yeah, that he is in. Yeah. Now, this is more important than anything else. Surprising they did not include it. Do you remember uh, Star Wars... On the Connect, the Xbox Connect. No. Guess who Chris Pratt voiced in that game? Luke Skywalker. No. Darth Vader. No. I don't know. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Really? Is Chris Pratt. I do not remember Star Wars on the Connect. Well, I, I doubt you ever played it. But he gets, he, like, you could say that in his credits, he was also Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, that could be under, under Galaxy Defender. 
But he's he is Peter Quill. Like yeah, he is the Galaxy Defender. Right. Oh man, I bet Obi Wan Kenobi wouldn't like me here, like me saying that. I bet that the Lego Movie the second part is gonna be great. Oh, I'm I'm very. I much bet it's so. better than Captain Marvel. Yes. Okay. While we're on the topic of Disney films, Captain Marvel trailer number three, two, final trailer ha- comes out yesterday. Haven't seen it. I need you to watch it right now. And we, give me we're not doing this reaction. again. We have to. We're not doing this again. People want this content. Ethan. They want to listen to us listen to a trailer. No, you cut out the part where you listen to the trailer. I just need you to watch it. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> trailer two, I was excited about. Trailer one looked terrible. So let's see. How much am I going to learn about the movie from this? I don't know. Hang on. I got to mess around with my settings. All right, here we go. Got an ad. Okay. Number one problem. Okay. okay. I just watched it. Number one problem. I have an issue with this. Uh, n- Nick Fury, or she, she asked what, what, what it is on the hat, and Nick Fury goes, it's the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. Wrong. Incorrect. Not a fact. S.H.I.E.L.D. was not named until the end of Iron Man. Correct. They did not have a name. It was the strategic the sh- homeland initiative and whatever defense intervention thing department. Oh, I've got to know what it stands for now. Anyway, first issue. Not going to be a deal breaker, but like weird continuity error to put in there. Yeah, weird, weird flex. Yeah. Um, it, it looks good. It, it does. Um, I think that. What am I trying to say here? I listen. I want to go on record with a Rotten Tomatoes prediction. Okay. Do you? Will you bet over or under sixty-five? Over. Really? Over. That's where I'm at. Oh yeah. Over. I saw that. Over. I saw that trailer and I thought to myself, Are you kidding me? Brie Larson in the first like female-led MCU movie. <laughs> There, this does not yeah. have a chance at scoring under 70. It doesn't matter if you it's good think? or not. That's the thing. It, 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 it does not matter if it's good or not. You don't think? No. It. Th- this has... There's no way to to say what I'm trying to say without coming off like a misogynist and saying that Brie Larson... Like a movie about Brie Larson can't do it on its own. Because clearly it can. She's like an Oscar winner. Like Brie Larson's amazing. Right. Did you see Room? Right, right. But like, this movie has so much working for it outside of... It. I don't know. I just feel like there's a chance it's not going to do well. I feel there, like that's the I other s- thing is that there's no way to co- to say what I'm about to say without coming out like a misogynist. But they, they really have to, from what I can guess from these trailers, lean on that relationship between her and Fury. Because if Why? you turn this, because it, it's it's going to be good if they have turned it. And I don't know what they've done. Obviously, it's made. It comes out like next month. But if if they have leaned on this like and turned it into like a buddy movie between those two, I think it stands a really good chance of being excellent. I guess. But my, I don't want to say problem... that like the, I don't want to say the character's not strong enough to do it on her own in a movie i just think that like based on what i've been given from the trailer so far i think that i'm really enjoying the relationship between those two already just from the trailers i think they have excellent chemistry together just from the trailers do you really i do i think the way the trailers are shot they seem all cut up and weird i don't think they look like they have good chemistry at all well this is the first time i've been sold on brie larson are you kidding scott pilgrim (laughs) you know what i mean this is the first time i've been sold on brie larson as captain america or as captain marvel captain marvel like the first I'm two also, trailers, the first two trailers were cut in such a way that I felt like they were trying to be like, she is Captain. Deal with it. Like you guys are not allowed to not like. And this time, if they let her personality, if they let her have personality, and she doesn't just become like, because she could very easily be like a like a fish out of water type Superman character. Well, I think she's going to be on some level. On some level, but if they don't push that too hard, because I hate that. Like I despise that early Superman movie. Clark doesn't get Earth type thing. Right. Clark's. I mean, you know, Smallville was on for. A 
lot of seasons, Ethan. Right. Like, I hate that <laughs> they're, whole. They're like, gonna keep pushing it. I hate it in in Guardians. I hate Peter not understanding how Earth works. Like I, I just I have no time for it in the MCU, and I do not want this to be like a you know Captain Marvel comes in like early stage Captain America and is just like I'm here to blast scrolls out of the way, and that's all I care about. Right. They gotta let her have personality. They gotta let her I be the strong and quirky and funny leading lady that she is. And if they do, it's gonna be, be great. And if they don't, it's not. I think what I'm just not sold on is her powers. You know, like in that last trailer where they're like, oh, what makes me so sure you're not a scroll? And she's like, Pew! I don't know. That's just, I feel like it works really well with Scarlet Witch. I feel like it looks really dorky with Captain Marvel. Like it already looks aged with me. Really? For me. Yeah. I don't know. I like the thing between her and Fury. I think that they've got a great thing going on. And I think if they work with that, they can, it can be really good. They've set her up a good cast around her. Nick Fury's back. Coulson's back. You've got Jude Law in there doing whatever he's doing. I don't know. Ronin, the accuser. Is he Ronin? No, Ronin is a Cree. Ronin is in it. Okay, Ronin's in it. Yeah. So Jude Law is Marvel. That's not confusing at all. Oh, I'm pretty sure they knew it was confusing when they put it all together yeah this is one of those stories where i know that they've like been prepping us for 10 years to watch infinity war and be like okay i'm on the same page with this i understand what's going on but this is another one of those marvel stories where it's like i don't feel like i'm prepared for this like you're about to go somewhere with comic books that i'm not prepared to go on this is gonna have a similar problem though and i think that this is why it's not gonna do as well as it could is because like this is a no stakes movie like like it doesn't like you mean endgame has already been filmed well that and like it takes place you know 15 years ago or whatever oh yeah like she's not gonna not only do we know she's not gonna die because right it has no stakes to the mcu it's like and, and iron man's still gonna happen it's like solo it's like rogue one no more like solo because in rogue one they do all die they do all die like you know that han solo doesn't die you know chewbacca doesn't die i think and i still think they made a convincing story out of solo even though you knew which characters were going to die and which weren't but like you obviously know nick fury's not gonna die you obviously know Coulson's is not gonna die you know Captain Marvel's not going to die. Right. But that doesn't mean that in the course of a movie, you can't fall in love with, you know, a Jude Law character and be sad no, when they die. absolutely not. That's, that's what I'm saying is that, that, but that's what they've got to work with is like, that's a similar problem that it faces where like, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter to the timeline at all. Right. It, as it far as an MCU movie, like but it, it's but completely irrelevant. it can irrelevant. mess it up. It can mess it up. Not really. Well, I mean, it could just be incongruous. It's all incongruous. There's no timeline. What do you mean? There's no accepted timeline for the MCU. No, I know. Like, I get that. But I mean, like if they went in there and they were like, oh, Howard Stark's alive. Like, wait a minute. That's not right. I don't think. Not at this point, right? No, I don't think so. It was no. 80 something. Yeah. December 16th, 1980, whatever. Yeah. My wedding day. Yeah. Your wedding day. <laughs> <coughs> it's the day that Bucky killed. Uh, anyway, Cap's I don't. Parents. I don't think that it scores under sixty-five. Like Tony's parents, but I also don't think it's going to be in the nineties. So you would bet the under on a on a on a line that was ninety. I'd bet the under on ninety, but the over on sixty-five. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, if you're listening to this, be sure to tweet at us. What do you think uh, Cap Marvel is going to do at the Tomatometer? You know, really, really think about it. I if you give me a zero or a one hundred, I'm gonna I'm gonna discredit it. I think I'm gonna go ahead and give the binary review of a one. We need to see it because Endgame is coming, and that's important. Uh, no, that, and, they and can't get a one will... because of that. That's not how that works. Oh, yeah. No, that's not how that uh, works. <laughs> uh, absolutely not how that works. It's also, this is Bacon and Eggs, Ethan. We were born out of the Marvel films, so I have to give it Right, but one. I'm so tired of the Marvel films. I'm so not. I'm I so tired. Them. I could not, like, I, I based on the first trailer, I was not that excited by Captain Marvel. I might be kind of excited now. Um, I'm obviously excited for Endgame. I'm obviously excited for the new uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I couldn't care less about Guardians 3. I, I don't want Guardians Guardians 3. I don't really want Black Panther 2. I'm not excited for anything they have coming up after July. I'm not excited for a Black Widow solo movie. I wouldn't be excited for 
another Iron Man or another Captain America. Maybe a new Thor. Maybe. Yeah, they, they could do a whole, Maybe. whole new Thor series. Maybe. Would you watch like an Alfonso Cuarón Thor movie? Like, no, I don't <laughs> want anybody other than Taika Waititi to direct a Thor movie. I don't know, man. I would watch Think- an Alfonso Cuarón MCU movie if they want to bring like Lobo in. Who is Lobo? He's like a he's like a Mexican American Wolverine. Why couldn't they just do any other film? Why do they got to be a Mexican American film? Because that's where Alfonso Cuarón thrives these days. Roma's in Spanish. Yeah, but Prisoner of Azkaban isn't. No. <laughs> I guess it can be. But I just think that you could Spanish get, you version. could get, you could do a lot with a director like Alfonso Cuarón and like, like a sort of like a Western, like a Southwestern. Or Guardians. No, I don't want Guardians 3. I don't want it to happen. I hate all those characters. <laughs> I like, I like Star-Lord and I like. I don't uh, like Star-Lord. I'm over Chris Pratt. I just am. I'm just over <coughs> Chris Pratt in movies. I'm excited for the Lego movie, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother world. And I get that like, there's a, a character that riffs on Chris Pratt in that movie, but like, that's not like Chris Pratt can't mess that one up by being to Chris Pratt. Right. That's like the whole joke. Right. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just, I'm over. I'm ready for the comic book movie thing to be over. I really am. I'm ready for this phase to be over. It can come back after a while, but like, I am ready for something other than nonstop comic book movies. That's so weird to say that because when I scroll through like my Twitter and my Instagram and all of that, I love seeing all the comic book stuff. I'm more invested in the books themselves than I ever have been, which is not to say that I read them because I, I still don't. But I'm interested in what they have to say. I'm interested in learning about the lore uh, and going deeper into that. And the thing that I become increasingly less interested in is Potter. I'm like so done with J.K. Rowling. I just want her to shut up. I mean, that's fine. You just... can have that opinion. I still prefer Potter to the MCU. I will always prefer Potter to the MCU, but I'm ready for another 90s. What, where like every movie's original? Where there's, yeah, movies, where some movies that do well are original. Yeah, because there was a bunch of original movies last year, but they just weren't in your uh, major theater. Right, and they're not being, nobody's talking about them, nobody cares about them, because everybody's just like, I just want to see the new comic book movies, and the new biopics, and the new, like, whatever it is. I'm ready for another 90s, where we can get, like, where people like R-rated movies again, where we can get, like, heavy movies back in major cinemas, where people are, like, going to movies that make them think about things. I'm ready for that to happen again. I watched Goodwill Hunting last night. That movie is amazing. This is a good movie. That's from the 90s. That's a heavy Robin Williams 90s movie. I'm ready for those again. Well, I'm always ready for more Robin Williams, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, but we can still make those movies. No, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck aren't 20 anymore, but like there's different people. Jordan Peele is doing this. He's making good movies that people are seeing that make people think. Yeah. I'm ready for more of that. that. Maybe get Jordan Peele to make not a horror movie. I know, right? Because... It doesn't matter how hard Jordan Peele tries. Because it's currently be the only interesting and original movies that people are seeing right now are horror movies. And I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that either. I think that we are entering an era of excellent horror films. And I'm I'm not. Right. I want I want more Birdman and the Bird Cage and less Bird Box. Yeah, no, Bird Box. Uh, I, I still haven't finished it, but it was uh, it's not for me. I haven't even started it. No? No, because I know it's not going to live up to the hype for me because I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I want like huh. I don't know something like the Ocean series. That was the early two thousands, but still, like I want more movies like that and less Aquaman. You don't want to see Aquaman? I have no. I've never been less interested in a comic book movie than Aquaman. I think that I, I'm sure it's pretty decent because it's getting good reviews. People seem to like it, but like it violates so many of my rules for going to see the movies. I hated Justice League. I thought Justice League was an absolute waste of time and money and existence and my time and your time and anybody who watches its time. I think that it is an atrocity that people watch it. Therefore, I don't think it deserves sequels. And like, I think that there should be a federal 
law preventing them from making sequels for it. <laughs> I truthfully believe this. That if Would a movie sucks, if a movie sucks, even though it made money, it should not be allowed to get a sequel. Full stop. We have to do something. Sucks. You know how they you know how they're making laws to stop kids to stop like companies like Jewel from selling cigarettes and, and vapes to kids? I think we need to make a law to stop selling bad sequels to kids. <laughs> like for their for their greater arts education. Right, just for just, cause, because because it's not gonna stop if somebody doesn't stop it. We're we're falling down a spirally rabbit hole where you get some variation of one of four movies. And I'm over it. I'm not here for it. I'm, I'm here for original ideas. I'm here for different kinds of movies. You can still make some comic book movies, but we don't need 15 of them a year. We don't need four different Spider-Man iterations in 15 years. But they're also good. Right, but it's too many Spider-Man. Oh man, you're not gonna you're not gonna win this argument. I am. I am. I will be proven you, correct. Can, because because nobody's going to care about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as soon as Endgame comes out, as Spider-Man gets returned to life, and as soon as freaking Spider-Man Far From Home comes out, everybody's going to be like, Spider-Verse who? No, they'll be like, I'm ready for that Spider-Verse sequel. Give me more Spider-Man. No, I'm ready for so. the Spider-Verse rem- sequel. They're going to be reminded who the true crown of being Spider-Man goes to. Well, I, I think nobody's denying that Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker. I'm sure there are people out there denying it. But set your phone down. Get off Twitter. Person about to tell me about why Tobey Maguire is is the greatest. Uh, oh, there are definitely people on their phones listening to this being like, I'm sorry, did you even see Spider-Man 2? Right, yeah, no, I get it. I, I did see Spider-Man 2. It was awesome. I was there. I'm there I was for there Spider-Man for it. Yeah, 2. I loved Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We don't deserve it. Great movie. Uh, but like... But, but the truth is... And I was just watching, uh, who's who's the Jay and Silent Bob guy? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. I watched Kevin Smith do like a 30-minute video on every iteration of Spider-Man to come out in TV and movies ever. And he talked about Tom Holland being his favorite because he was the perfect Spider-Man. And, and because Tom Holland, despite being English, has a Brooklyn accent when he speaks with his American accent, which makes it, or Queens, Queens accent, which makes sense. Yeah. Because he's from Queens. He's from New York. That's like part of the character. Yeah. New York is a character. You mess with one in New York, you mess with all in New York. But uh, that doesn't change the fact that Miles Morales has been perfectly portrayed on screen now as well. Right, but Miles Morales cannot exist at the same time as Peter Parker in the in the Homecoming canon. I think he can. Not as Spider Man. And I, I mean, get, I get, I it. get that you're like, yeah. But Aaron Davis is in it. That is setting up a potential future Miles Morales as Spider-Man in the Homecoming universe in the MCU. But, but, it is not currently a thing. And people being like, well, Spider-Verse is part of the MCU because Spider-Verse says Spider-Verse is part of the MCU. You people are wrong. People are incorrect. Who said Spider-Verse is part of the MCU? Tons of people are out there saying like, well, obviously... Tom Holland as Peter Parker exists as part of the Spider-Verse, therefore Spider-Verse is part of the MCU, it's all part of the Spider-Verse, and Marvel's over here like, we make the MCU, and Spider-Verse is like, nah, you're part of our thing, and Marvel's like, no, we're not, we make the MCU, it's just, it's a one-sided agreement here, and that's something I'm not here for, I said this last week, but it's something <coughs> I'm not here for, not living for it, one canon at a time, please, but it's two different characters, I mean, granted, Peter Parker is in Spider-Verse, but like, it's two different characters, characters so who cares i cares that would be like if they suddenly started making falcon as captain america movies or war machine movies with somebody else no because miles morales uh, miles morales exists in the mcu not as spider-man that's the problem we don't we we know that aaron davis has a nephew yes we it's obvious who that is 
Predator has a nephew. That's what we know. It is uh, obvious name, right? who Prowler. that is. Prowler. Also, I'm sorry. Why would you blow Childish Gambino on Aaron Davis? Prowler's a sweet villain. That would be an awesome movie. Yeah, but he would make such a good Miles Morales. And he's way too old. He doesn't have to be. Well, Miles Morales is like 13. Kid Spider-Man? Spider-Kid? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't read Spider-Man comics. Right, but... but <laughs> I don't know who Prowler a, is. He's a villain. I believe you. You're usually, usually right about this. You gave me that whole... He's Aaron Davis. You gave me that whole, like, <laughs> I don't know how you don't know Baron Mordo. Because <laughs> I've never read a Doctor Strange comic in my life. That's why. <laughs> That was that was just a name that when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, that's a name I've known my whole... It was like Nick Cage, National Treasure. It was like, yeah, I know who that is. Obviously. <laughs> I think about that every time I think about the MCU. <laughs> Especially when we're having this, like, Spider-Verse conversation. I'm like, I can't say anything because Ty's just going to be like, well, yeah, yeah, you, you didn't read the comics, so how would you know that? You didn't know that? Uh-huh. I know that because it's supposed to be about Spider-Man. I read the comics, man. <laughs> I don't read the comics. And I know you don't read the comics. That's the thing is I've never been, I never felt more attacked for no reason because I know you don't read the comics. I know you don't know that. <laughs> like I'm sitting here like he knows this from somewhere, but it's not because of any like holier than thou source. It's just he happens to know that. He's coming off like, well, you don't know Baron Mordo is. <laughs> that was- uh, I don't know who yeah. Baron Mordo is. I know that she would tell Giafor is, I don't know if I said that right, but he is Baron Mordo if we eventually get a Doctor Strange sequel. Actually, you know what? I'd be stoked for a Doctor Strange sequel. Yeah, I'm re- I'm, li- I'm I'm here for I that. I recant my earlier statement. You can include that on the list. Perhaps use the money that you were going to waste on Guardians 3 and pay Benedict Cumberbatch to do that again. To do the, yeah. the Infinity War again. Not the... Not, yeah, not Doctor not just Strange. Not Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Infinity War, Doctor Strange. Get, he knows how to do the accent now. He's figured it out. He can also out. do Thor Ragnarok, Doctor Strange. I'm here for that, too. I'm here for a buddy cop movie directed by Taiwa- Taika Waititi about Strange and Thor. I'll do Loki You could call Strange it Strange and Thor. <laughs> Where they're like, they're like masquerading on Earth as like a law practice. Do you think they would do that? I don't know, but I'm imagining this in my head and it's hilarious. I'm just imagining Chris Hemsworth there with the hair, just like, yes, my name is Jonathan Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Jonathan Thor. Anyway, National Stewart. Treasure. So here's the... I forgot we were talking about National Treasure. Me too. Do you have a toothpaste and orange juice? I have on this business card written toothpaste and orange juice. And that's uh, all that's written on this business card. <laughs> I was going to write down some ideas. Do you? Um, I think I can figure one out. I keep thinking about household chores. I've done like all... It turns out that I'm just constantly cleaning. Hmm. Toothpaste and orange juice. I don't know. I've been trying to be so positive lately that nothing's bothering me. I mean, I still get mad road rage, but that's about it. You do get road rage. Ethan's road rage is... I'm not here for it. Look, okay, here ha- here's how it is. Here's how it is. is. Are we talking about this? Yeah, whatever. I do not, like, I am the most lackadaisical driver in the world. Like, I, if I am driving on the interstate and somebody needs to pull in, I will stop and let them in. I just don't care. Where do I need to be so fast? It's not about... It's not about... <coughs> needing to be somewhere fast. It's about people making reckless decisions in front of me that endanger my safety. Just pay attention. I am paying attention. I'm constantly paying attention. That's why I'm mad at them for whatever stupid, ignorant thing they just did. I, I mean, you know, people are dumb. You can't rely I on make, people to be smart. I do make liberal use of my horn. Do you really? I do. I, I, I had my horn, I hit my horn probably 43 times today at a woman in a Chrysler LeBaron. Like a 90s Chrysler LeBaron. Yeah? Yeah, okay. So I was driving down the road. I was driving down 
on Jefferson Avenue in Roanoke, right? Right. Down the part where there there are cars parked in one of the lanes on both sides of the road. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a four lane road, but it's really only a two lane road, one in either direction, because there are cars parked on both sides of the lane. Right. Both sides of the road. This woman feels the need to cross a double yellow line and pass me and then slam on her brakes. So she's behind me. She crosses into the oncoming lane of traffic, passes me, and then grinds to a stop at a stoplight. These things don't happen to me. That happened to me today. I hit my horn, yeah, probably probably between 43 and 107 times at her. It's greater than 43. Less, less than 107, than yeah. Why did she do that? Was she in a hurry? I have no idea. That's the thing is, I don't know. But she, like, could have, she came very close to hitting my car with her car. The other day, I, and, and maybe stuff just happens to me like this, or maybe I just notice it more than other people do. I don't know. But somebody, like, tried to back into me in a Wendy's drive-thru. How do these things happen to you so much? Like, I, whenever I am on the road, and I feel like I drive a decent amount, I put more than 10,000 miles on a car a month, a year. A month? A year. A year. <laughs> a My year. car has 120,000 miles on it. It is a 2019. Right. <laughs> a year. Uh, you know, I feel like I drive a decent amount. These things just do not happen to me. They happen to me. They happen to me all the time. Probably once every other time I get in the car, somebody makes some sort of aggressive move in front of well, or next to what's me. What's the common the denominator here? I have no idea. You. No, it's you're not. The common but denominator. I'm not doing anything. I was sitting in a Wendy's drive-thru and this person in front of me in a Dodge Durango, not a gumball machine, a Dodge Durango. Not a gumball machine. Just she. What is that supposed to mean? So she. It's the commercial. What? It was a commercial with Will Ferrell with the Dodge Durango, where he's like, "This isn't a gumball machine. It's a Dodge Durango." <laughs> I don't remember what the pitch was, but that was the commercial. <laughs> Probably yeah. Okay, so so I'm sitting there minding my own business. I have I have ordered my food, and, and you know the Wendy's on 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 419, right? It's got the double yeah. drive-through that merges into one lane. Okay. I I think let me tell you that is not something I like. No, I hate it every time because it involves like a an awkward merging and like do I let them go? They ordered before me. Is it gonna get messed up if I let them go? Is it gonna get messed up if I go before them. I think and my like, understanding is my, the Wendy's just has a camera. Right. And they can figure it out. But my my assumption is with the amount of times that somebody's gotten something wrong for me at a fast food restaurant, uh, the, the, they cannot handle it. That is also something that happens to you more than it happens to that me. I need to they, That I need to like take as many parts of the equation into my own hands as possible to ensure that that happened, that, the, the, that my experience goes correctly. Right. Because for, for example, city, for example, no, hold on. I got a story here. Roanoke is a city where, where we have amazing food at so many great restaurants and terrible service at all of them. All of them. That even like, even the fast food is, restaurants like No, yeah, the fast food restaurants have bad food and bad service. Yeah. So the more you can control the situation, like take for example, I never notice if they don't give me what I ordered or if they mess up my order. Nine times out of ten, I don't care. If I order, a, you know, crispy nuggets at, at Chick-fil-A and they give me grilled nuggets, it's like, oh, well, you know what? This is probably healthier anyway. Whatever. But today I went to Arby's and I ordered a roast beef and cheddar and they gave me a roast beef on bread. <laughs> no cheddar, which is fine. That's a menu item that they've got. But like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just give me the... the the, the meal that I ordered. See, this is why I'm astounded so often that Wendy's gets my order wrong, okay? Because I know exactly what I want at Wendy's, okay? If I'm there, I'm getting, I've already decided that I'm just going to be a horrible human being, okay? I've made the choice. I'm going to get myself a Baconator, okay? Oh my God. You spend like $12 at Wendy's? It's like eight. That's a lot for fast food. Whatever, dude. It's a good burger. <laughs> 
<laughs> it satisfies a niche. Although I think I'm done with Wendy's because they have the worst fries in the whole world. Oh my god, the fries never satisfy. Anyway, I get a Baconator, which is a number four. Okay, number four with no mayonnaise. You know what I get? You're asking a lot. You know what I get? Nine times out of ten, I've ever ordered that at Wendy's. A Baconator. A with Baconator mayonnaise. completely covered in mayonnaise. <laughs> A Baconator that has mayonnaise oozing out from between each gap. That sounds like, like a good Baconator. The bun Baconator. burger gap, the, the, the burger cheese gap, the second burger gap, the second <laughs> bun gap. It's all just mayonnaise. What I have gotten effectively is a mayonnaise slice of bread with a mayonnaise piece of meat and another mayonnaise piece of meat and a mayonnaise piece of cheese and a mayonnaise piece of bread. They use an entire jar of mayonnaise <laughs> on my burger. Ethan, I but anyway, this that is, is how hang on, every, hang on. every burger should no, be. No, mayonnaise, first of all, mayonnaise is gross. If you put mayonnaise in your burger, you probably are the devil. Stop listening to my show. I don't like you anymore. We're not friends. I'm kidding, obviously, because do whatever you want, but mayonnaise is the worst condiment. Mayonnaise is the best condiment. No, plain mayonnaise is nasty. I like ranch. Ranch is good. Put ranch on it. I would rather have ranch on it. You want ranch on your bacon? I would rather have ranch than mayonnaise. I would not. Anyway, mayonnaise but is here's awesome. the problem. Here's the problem is because I've probably been to that Wendy's on 419 maybe five or six times. Ever? No, like since I moved back. Oh, okay. I was like, man. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go for times. I didn't go for seven years before that. It's true. Um, but five or six times, right? Four of those times I have ordered a drink and just they didn't give me a straw. This is so weird that this happens to you. This would like these are problems I just don't they have. They just don't, they don't. Don't give me a straw. For some reason, I guess there's a sign written on my car that just says, don't give me a straw. I don't need one. Which is usually true. There's usually a cup from the last time I got fast food sitting there. God knows how long ago that was. Completely empty with a straw sitting in it. I'll just use that straw. You re you reuse a God knows how long that's been sitting there straw? Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Ew. It's it's empty. It's it's a it's a an air-cooled straw. It is sitting in uh -uh. no liquid. Uh-uh. That's sitting in at least an inch of a uh, little uh, ice water there at the bottom. Oh, no, I, I drink that water. Ew. The next time I get in the car. What? Yeah. I'll, I'll drink, I'll drink that little. Your quality just ch shifted dramatically. To the negative? Yes. Okay, well, I'm assuming it's going to be fine on my end. Okay. As long as you're still audacity recording on I that. am, yeah. Yeti. Okay. Nothing has changed. I'm imagining it's just my Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, I just came back. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. The next time I get in the car, yeah, for sure, I'll drink that little sip of ice water. Ew. It's usually like the same day. I guess. Or it's gotten know. thrown out. There's usually a, there's usually a straw sitting around in there. In a desperate time, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'll do that before I like pull the lid off and start trying to drink my like all the way plus the lid full cup of whatever. Oh, I do that. That's what I or would I'll do. just I'll, I'll be like, or, or here's, look at them here's not the giving option. me a straw. No drive worries. To, drive to Taco Bell. Like they'll just give you a straw if you don't even order anything. <laughs> I've plenty of times gone to Taco Bell and just gotten a straw in the bag. No drink. <laughs> I didn't order a drink. I don't get a combo at Taco Bell. You don't get a combo at Taco no, Bell? No, because the combo at Taco Bell is literally whatever or you ordered plus the drink for that plus the price of a drink. Right. So why don't you get the combo? Because I'm not saving anything. Yeah, but you're gonna get a drink. You get Baja Blast. Can't get that anywhere well, else. Occasionally I get a Baja Blast, but usually most of the time when when I'm getting Taco Bell, I'm like getting Taco Bell to like go home and eat Taco Bell. You know, here's my only negative fast food experience other than Arby's today, which I ate the whole sandwich anyway. So I mean, I, I eat the mayonnaise baconator anyway. I'm not the guy that's going to get out of my car, <laughs> park my car, turn back into the parking lot, 
park my car, walk into the Wendy's with my mayonnaise baconator, and be like, "Excuse me, can I get a a, a baconator that you didn't completely destroy with mayonnaise?" I like, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm crazy? not gonna do that. But like, this happens to me all the time. It's like, how hard is number four no mayonnaise? You know what I get is a four for four. Okay, and now I I actually worry about this the same way that that you appear to be concerned with your uh, what on earth? No, my portobello. My mushroom. only point. <laughs> my only point is that I try to take as many variables out of the equation as possible. Right? I try to make as many things under my own control as possible. And then sometimes another human being decides that they're going to pull 11 feet past the, the, the first window, almost to the second window, and then reverse 11 feet past the first window. About one millimeter away from my bumper to the point where when I pull up to the first window to pay for my order, the the Wendy's person was like, oh, I was about to call the cops. I thought they were going to hit you. Because <laughs> all of a sudden I see this giant gold vehicle storming at me like bright white light shining up, reverse light shining up the back. I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, this is this it. Is it. Yeah, this, this, is I get, this is how I go. I get crunched by a Dodge Durango <laughs> sitting in a Wendy's drive-thru. But the problem I have with Wendy's getting my order wrong, the problem I have is that I watch, because I, I listen to the person in front of me because I got my window down waiting for my turn at the drive-thru i got i listened to the person in front of me who's just like yeah can i get uh can i get 14 sandwiches all of them different please <laughs> yeah no i want you can't I want, expect that from i them. want one crispy chicken with nothing on it literally not even a bun just want a crispy chicken just in a bag and then the second one i want all of the buns from that first crispy chicken put together into one sandwich called a buninator and you know what? And that's the thing is, whether they get it wrong, I know in my heart of hearts that that person got exactly what they wanted. And I'm sitting over here like, number four, no mayo. None mayonnaise. And they're like, got you. Number four, no mayo. And I'm like, yep, number four, no mayo. And then I get a number four with mayo. <laughs> Do they, does it, they have a screen, right? They have a screen. And it pulls up and it says, Baconator, small, no mayonnaise. <laughs> Everything on our screen could look correct. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. Thank you. What do you get to drink? What do you get to drink? Uh, it depends on the day. Mm. Wendy's has the fancy fountains, um, which means that I hate getting soft drinks from there. Why? Uh, because if I get a Coke, it tastes like whatever kind of Coke, crazy Coke, the last person wanted, but just a little bit. <laughs> it I tastes like you mix a lime LaCroix with Coke. <laughs> right. Like somebody in like the other it, room it a, shouted the word lime. It a, does not have enough syrup in it. It B, tastes a little bit like lime, just enough to be unpleasant, but not enough to be pleasant. So I usually get like a sweet tea or whatever. I get a Dr. Pepper. No question. They'd probably, if I asked for a Dr. Pepper, they would probably just give me a bowl of cat piss. Like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> like, I, I, and I, I think I'm truly done with Wendy's again because they have the worst fries in the business. We talked a couple times about fast food fries and me kind of being done with fast food fries. Wendy's fast food fries are an abomination to the French fry. They really they taste are. like so nothing. Bad. They and don't even taste like say, potato. Hold on. Somebody's going to say to you, Ethan, you need to dip your fries in your Frosty. That's delicious. You know why? Because then it tastes like Frosty. <laughs> right. Then, then it's chocolate ice cream and starch. There right? was a, and you remember when Wendy's had the spicy nuggets? Yes. Yeah. They don't have the spicy nuggets anymore. Spicy nuggets were delicious. Anyway, there was a girl I used to go out with who dipped her spicy nuggets in chocolate Frosty. Mm. And the first time she did that, I was like, okay, we're done. Is she dead? We're over. Did she die of a heart attack? No, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, you just did what now? And she was like, no, you got to try this. And I tried it and it was freaking delicious. It makes no sense. I'm glad you had that experience. You know what it tastes like? You know that you sell those gourmet chocolates? It's like chocolate with like a little bit of chili powder in it. Mm -hmm. That's what that tasted like. But like with a little bit of chicken as well. Here's my experience with Wendy's. If you dip anything from Wendy's into a Wendy's Frosty, it is immediately improved. 
If you dip your Dr. Pepper into a Wendy's Frosty, it's like, man, this is pretty good, you know? You, it was 23 flavors, now it's 24. You've, call, you, you know? you've discovered what they call a float. <laughs> Yes. It is yes. soda and ice cream. Right. But the truth about the Frosty is that the Frosty is just like a peanut butter pickle, right? Where it just overpowers whatever uh, Yeah, you're whatever you're drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever you're eating. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the peanut butter. It, it, it just masks all other tastes. Right. So that's what maybe you, you should be dipping your mayo. Because people are like, people are like, yeah, I love peanut butter, whatever ice cream. And I'm like, you love peanut butter ice cream. Right. You, can, you like you can, peanut butter. You could feed me like peanut butter slug ice cream. And I'd be like, this is delicious. <laughs> This is awesome. Tastes like a, a little salty. Tastes like a Reese's cup. <laughs> do they tastes make like Do they make Reese's peanut butter in like a jar? Yeah. Could, so I could go out and make like a Reese's peanut butter because Reese's peanut butter is clearly different than other peanut butter. Like we're we're acknowledging this, right? Yeah. It's 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 sweet. Yeah. It tastes like other like uh, no other peanut butter. So right. you could make like a peanut butter and jelly with like Reese's. Yeah. I might have to try that. I'm, it might immediately kill so, me. But. So there's two options here. For $13.99, you can buy a four and a half pound peanut butter sauce jar <laughs> called peanut butter <laughs> sauce. That's weird because I would think of Reese's as being the most solid peanut butter. I would too. I would think like, okay, that's peanut butter like in a solid form. But no, four and a half pounds, which is a lot. I was going to say, really that seems like a lot. Like... <laughs> It might not be. I don't know how much like a, a your standard jar of Jif is, but this looks like one of the big peanut butter jars, but one of the short fat ones, not one of the tall. The tall fat yeah. ones, <laughs> like the big one that sure. that Big Mama Costco jar. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Okay. So this is this is not peanut butter. This is okay. Like peanut butter drizzle. Uh, peanut butter drizzle for your ice cream. Yeah. Okay. That makes in a four and a half pound jar. <laughs> that is for like no. that is for ice cream shops. Yes. Now at Walmart, you can buy. Her Hershey's peanut butter, like Reese's, Hershey's, I don't know if it's Hershey's actually, but you can buy Reese's creamy peanut butter, and I'm not seeing Hershey's name anywhere on here, yeah, here. Well, Hershey's makes Reese's. Yes. Distributed by the Hershey Company, Hershey, Pennsylvania, 17033-0815, U.S.A. Does anybody understand those commercials that they've got out for Reese's Cups right now that have that end by Will Arnett going, not sorry, Reese's? Because I don't know what they're about. I've never actually watched one. I just look up when Will Arnett goes, not sorry, Reese's. I'm like, that's I, that makes no sense. You know what I'm talking about? I'm so confused. No, I don't watch TV, so this is very new to me. I mean, it like uh, comes up before see. YouTube videos. Also, it's probably going to come up before every YouTube video you watch now because Google is listening to us talk about Reese's right now. So what it sounds like, I just watched one, 15 seconds. It wasn't Will Arnett. It was uh, Seth Rogen in this particular one. And it was a Reese's filled with Reese's pieces. Yeah, but why would... Why not? Sorry. Why would you be sorry about that? I think. I think. I don't. I don't know. I think there's a play. Like I don't think the people reading it know what they mean when they say not sorry. Because yeah, the way Will Arnett reads it makes no sense. Like you're saying, I'm not saying sorry. I'm saying Reese's. Right. But I think what the marketing team was trying to say was like, we're not sorry for this. Yeah, not sorry for this abomination of a candy. Hold on. Have you not had a Reese's with Reese's pieces in it? (laughs) I'm sure it's delicious. Superior way to die. <laughs> we have not talked about that. Na- we actually we talked very intently about National Treasure for like the first forty minutes of this episode, and then we completely derailed. But this has <laughs> been. Is, I, I am I am preeminently laughing at my own conversations. Tomorrow editing this. <laughs> 
We've been doing the show enough I like, that I know that this is gold. I, I feel like, here's my problem, Ethan, is that you've told all the jokes. I haven't told any jokes. That's the, okay, well, there are episodes like that. You know what? You know what? Because I have been trying ever since the Lego movie episode <laughs> to one-up you <laughs> on that stupid Froyo thing. Because you know what? We go in Discord and people are like, oh, it's my favorite episode. Every time I want to laugh, I listen to the Lego episode and I listen to Tyler talk about the, the, about the frozen yogurt. And it just makes me laugh so much. <laughs> And I'm like, I do that and I'm sitting over here like, all the Hello, time. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I come to talk with you again. So you know what? Every now and then we need an episode <laughs> where Ethan tells the jokes. I'm on one tonight. Just let me roll with it, man. <laughs> I like, I have, I have nothing. I have no joke. <laughs> well, because. So we were trying to, I don't even know how this is going to come out, but if you didn't realize, the way this conversation started is because we were trying to discover if we had a toothpaste and orange juice, and I said the only thing that got me anymore was road rage, and so we started about, talking about my road rage, which is a problem that I should probably be working on. I am actively working on trying to be better about it and just letting people get away with the stupid stuff they do on the road that's probably just going to end up ending my life. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. But no, but, they, but you say you, you say I think you'll be fine, but then like you're the, constantly the one to go to the statistic of like more people die in motorized accidents than anything else no but more people die of malaria not anymore i don't know what's the number one killer okay of maybe not maybe not in the united states <laughs> number one killer of america leading cause of death from the cdc heart disease dang it ethan if you don't go to the gym i'm going to smack you also maybe he's back on the baconators covered in mayonnaise okay <laughs> It's not like a regular thing. It's like egg whites and lard, my friend. So I okay. First of all, I don't want the mayonnaise. I'm asking for it without the mayonnaise. <laughs> Second of all, I'm going to the gym. I know. I went to the gym this week. I'm proud of you. I took all of December off. I think just knowing that when I got to go on Monday, and when I say all of December, I also mean like the first week of January too. Like whatever. I mean, that's whatever. Uh, but I, I did it all so that when I went to the gym Monday of this week, I would feel awful today. And it's awesome. I love everything about it. My legs hurt. Walking upstairs hurts. The way I walk up stairs is I go to the stairs and then I fall over and then I have to catch myself. <laughs> See, I for me, up is not the problem after I get done with the gym. I mean, up up hurts for sure, but it's just like, that's just another workout. Down, I'm like, right. there's a very sincere possibility that I'm not going to make it to the bottom of these stairs without falling over on my face. Well, that's how I do down also. I just, I have that landing in my house. So if I fall straight forward, I've got to catch myself at least a little bit. Like my fight or flight will kick in before I really die. I fell out and I fell fell on flat on the ground in front of Chris Millahan's house on Saturday because like <laughs> I stepped off of his sidewalk in mm -hmm. such a way that like I didn't even I wasn't able to catch like I fell the way you fall on ice where right. like I wasn't able to catch myself I just fell like open armed chest to the ground and I had the wind like the wind fully knocked out of me to the point where I'm like like sobbing and breathing like attempting to breathe and like I can't breathe and like our Uber is sitting right there watching me fall over and he's like do I need to call an ambulance and, Kate, and I guess I said something like to Kate that was just like just go put your purse in the car <laughs> and she's trying to make sure I'm not dead and I'm like I know in my head that I'm not dead but I'm in more right. pain than I've ever been in in my life I just stubbed my whole body <laughs> But, like, there was no, like, where you kind of fall and you, like, fall, like, sideways. You kind of land on one arm. There was just, thwomp. <laughs> You're a lot lower to the ground than most people. You're, like, four foot three. It didn't matter. So it still fall, hurt. Right. <laughs> like, and, and my, my whole core still hurts from that. Like, 
Oh my god, look at this, Ethan. Number three killer of Americans, accidents, unintentional injuries. I'm gonna need you to work on walking. <laughs> accidents, unintentional injuries? Sounds like cars! Oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. You're like a right. hundred billion times more likely to die in a car crash than a plane crash. Yeah, there's not, like, traffic on the Yeah, air. well, I don't, okay, so I don't get plane rage. <laughs> most, most people are afraid of planes. I'm afraid <laughs> of other drivers, rage. okay? I um, think that my road rage is a lot more rational than people's plane fright. Not the rage part. Your road fear, perhaps. But not the, the road like, rage screaming at other drivers. The road rage is drivers. a manifestation of the road fear. The road rage is a manifestation of how dare you just take my life into your incompetent hands. I mean, I see what you're saying, Ethan, but like, I feel like I just don't care what the you other people do. You are one do. of like, approximately, you, Tyler Carlin, are one of approximately eight people in this entire city that I would trust to drive me around somewhere. Why? Because nobody in this town knows how to drive. Correct. Nobody in this town. The approximate age, I think, of people on the road in Roanoke, Virginia is 194. And they're all shopping at my furniture store. That, and it's that stretch of road that does it to me, too. Because there's yeah. a lot of time oh, yeah. where I'm sitting at a green light waiting for 500 people in front of me to go. Yeah, very frustrating. But again, it's like, you know, well, it's just, yeah, I shouldn't have been driving at this time. I should have known it was going to be busy. No, make no, a little, no. Make a little Nobody should be allowed on the road except for note. me. End of story. <laughs> Big fat. Take a little mental note and try again next time. Like, I have the option to get off at 5.30 some days. I'm like, oh, it's going to be busy on the way home. I live, like, two miles from work. I mean, there were there were times when, like, when I was working in Williamsburg and living in Newport News, where, like, if I left at 5 o'clock, I would get home at the same time as I left at 6 o'clock. <laughs> right. So, like, my boss would be like, you want to get off early today? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I don't see the point. I'm just going to sit in an hour of traffic to drive half an hour. I might as well just drive half an hour at 6 o'clock. That's where everybody gets off at 5. And no, the big industry is hospital, so like rush hour doesn't work the way it's supposed to. The big industry is hospital because the age of the people in this town is 105. <laughs> the growth industry here is old people. <laughs> Geriatrics. Yeah, there's a lot of older Oldsters. people in this town. <laughs> there's there's a lot of old people and there's a lot of people our age that live where you live. Yeah, and you live where the old people live. I do live. live where the old people live, which means every time I want to go visit my friends, I have to go out on like the old people death course. <laughs> You gotta make it all the way to, to our houses. And the thing is, the thing is, is I could be driving at 3.30 in the morning in Roanoke, Virginia, and there will still be some dude in a truck tailgating me. Do you remember, okay, on the topic of reckless driving, do you remember when we were in high school and I thought it was a fun game to just tailgate you from like a millimeter away? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're probably the reason I have road rage because I'm just terrified <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Because I got my license, I think, I guess before you, but it feels like it was after you. Feels like you guys were all driving by the time I got my car, but that wasn't true. You got your license like either a week before or a week after I did, but... No, because I got it in May and you still weren't old enough. You did not have your license in May. I did. I got it. No, because by May the time 2nd. I left for summer camp, you couldn't drive. I got it May 2nd. I know that. Then you didn't have a car or you weren't allowed to drive or whatever. There was a weird period of time where I kept driving my brother's and parents' cars, which I don't remember because I remember like as soon as I got my license getting my car. So I don't know how that all You didn't get your out. car till August. What was I driving in the meantime? Oh, my brother's and parents' cars. Yeah, the Audi and the Beamer. And occasionally the Mercedes. Yeah. This makes it sound like we had this like whole host of amazing nice cars i think for the three of them we spent maybe 10 grand yeah like, they were not the nicest it was, it was cars a, like a yeah a third owner from new c-class <laughs> and a third owner from new three, three series. series 
And and, and A6, A6 was that nice. That broke all the time, car. though. Yes. Like, it was always... And they were, they were always giving your dad, like, nicer cars to try to convince him to trade up whenever he needed a <laughs> rental from the dealership. I remember he got a yeah, Jaguar. Yeah, because he would come home with, like, a Jag. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Which, like, an Audi's nice, but it's a Jag. Like... Right. That's a statement. And the A6 was super nice, but it was always broken. Yes. Yeah. Those are those are our cars. And then I got a, a 09 Honda Fit that would have been nicer than all the cars I own now. Well, it wouldn't be nicer than the Mustang, but... It would be more practical, better on gas, and it'll probably last longer. Right. <laughs> and it would have been when paid When somebody for. that isn't you is totaled that Mustang, that Honda Fit that you have will still be on the road. Yes. Because nobody gets an accident in a Honda. It doesn't happen. There was a, there was a girl... There's a girl that teaches at the school on my street, and the teachers park on my street, which is sometimes frustrating, but usually my... By the time they get to my house, it's pretty far down. Anyway, there was a teacher that parked in front of my house in an 09 red Honda Fit, non-sport, automatic, that looked exactly like mine. It might be yours. And it might be. Like, I saw that car a lot. Obviously, it's a very popular car, but I never saw ones that were, like, exactly like mine. Yeah. I saw a lot of the sport models that had the spoiler and the rims. Right. There's a guy that lives... But I walked outside. I was like, oh my God. There's a guy that lives on the corner of your street in the street that I used to get onto your street that has the like Dominic Toretto from Fast and Furious car, but like yeah. not as nice. Yeah. Like an SS Camaro. Yeah. Like an old yeah. one. Yeah. I want it. I think I'm done with American Muscle after this one. I get that like a Mustang is not a real muscle car or like whatever. We don't have to have that fight. I'm with it. I've been, but, I'm always uh, the one that said it's a muscle car. You're the one that calls it a sports car. It originally was not a muscle car. And a lot of, you know, snotty nose car people will say that it is not yeah, a muscle car. Yeah, people will also tell you that about a lot of cars. Everybody, all the muscle car people are always trying to tell you that everybody else's muscle car is not a muscle car. Look, if it ever, right. if it ever came with a V8, it's a muscle car. Right. If it's not a, what was the Buick? I don't know. The GTO? No, that's no. Pontiac. That's it. If it wasn't a Pontiac GTO, then it's not a muscle car. Oh, I thought you were about to say the Pontiac GTO was not a muscle car. And I was like, I want no, you to that, Google the... the Pontiac GTO judge. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's, I'm going to do that anyway. But that is, the, if Chevy has talked a couple times about restarting Pontiac just to make a new GTO, and I'm here for it, I'll put my name on the list. I would not. I don't need it. A big block Chevy V8. Get eight gallons per mile. That's right. Uh, but anyway, I, yeah, I think when I'm done with the Mustang, I will be I'll be set on the uh, the muscle segment for a while. I haven't quite figured out what my next vehicle is going to be. You know, I would recommend something with four doors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and maybe a roof. But that's just me. <laughs> so not a convertible two-door coupe Mustang or a Jeep Wrangler. Ben just bought a Wrangler. I know. I feel like I can't buy a Wrangler now. Yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of tacky. But it's also like a, it's a community thing. So maybe you could, maybe, maybe now you should buy one even more. I don't know. I know Ben would tell you that, to buy That's one. the thing is like, if I asked Ben Carlin, should I buy a Wrangler? He'd be like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll bring you to my guy. Wrangler bros. But would you get a two door? Yeah. Ben got a four Did he? Door. I hate the four door. Yeah, the They're so big. Yeah. They got like a back seat, a trunk and everything. Like, almost like a real car. <laughs> yeah, but I really, I would just want a two door, but you can't, the problem is you can't find the two door. I mean, you can't find the two door. I'll find you one right now. Could you? Yeah. Well, hey, this is not a conversation we need to have on the podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, anyway, you wanted to talk about um, vlogging. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's my about thing. About making a vlog. I very much... I do want to do a vlog. That's the, the real thing. Uh, I do want to publish one. The problem is I, I'm having a hard time approaching how I want to approach it. And it's like, I get that there's the like, oh, you just got to hit the upload button. Like, I, I, I hear that. 
and it's like, you know, what you make first is going to be bad. It's just, I don't know what I want to make. Does that make sense? Yeah. Here you go. 2019 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 4x4, $42,670. Good God. <laughs> it gets down I, to 34. I was going to say, I think I need a Sierra, a Sahara. Oh, no. The Sport is 34. Maybe I don't need a Wrangler then. That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> the Sport is the base model. I kind of just want to buy like a, like a 2004 Wrangler Rubicon. Well, you do what you got to do. It's like a second so when it comes car to, for adventures. When it comes to vlogging i just don't know how i want to approach it like i've thought a lot about doing like uh, an iphone only vlog like just i record everything on my iphone i edit everything on my ipad just because i like the idea of the minimalist equipment setup you know get like an iphone mount for a tripod and that be like everything. And I don't think I have a problem with that. I think it would look a little weird on our channel since you publish like ultra 4K stuff. Everything um, I do is 1080p. Whatever. You, you, the cameras that's, that's you the use are much nicer than- That's the max resolution on the 80D is, uh, is uh, 1080p. 1080, yeah. whatever. The, it looks much, much nicer than my iPhone will look. That's, that's just a fact. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna uh, do an iPhone vlog, I would recommend buying like a DJI Osmo, like the, the, the motorized gimbal. Yeah, I've thought Instead about that. Instead of like a, a handheld tripod. Because the beauty of like an actual camera is a certain degree of in-body image stabilization. Right, which you don't get with well, You don't get with the iPhone, iPhone where, where your picture just kind of looks like... Right. So, uh, well, so what's your... So I don't know, like, and then, so I have this journal here that I wanted to buy because I wanted to make sure that my vlog tells a story, whether, it, or, or has at least a theme so I could, you know, journal daily, just this is what I'm thinking about. These are the things that I'm learning. This is what I'm working on. These are the progress that I'm making on, on those things. And then, you know, you can kind of work from there. But the, the problem is, is it's like, I still don't feel like I know what to make and, and when to, I know when to make it. Like, I'm not worried about the, when should I upload and stuff like that. It's just, uh, I don't know. We, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? What, from what I've already said, what can you say? Just hit the upload On button. the creative process. Like, um, I get that. No, I mean, but I mean, like, yeah, I, I think that, that, yeah, I mean, if you want to go into it with a vision, that's a, that's a perfectly good thing. I think that, um, you know, it's going to take a while to find you just like I'm doing right now. It's going to take a while to find your footing with what you're doing. Right. And like, it is going to suck at the beginning and, and everybody sucks at the beginning, even from like a content perspective. It's just like, it's, it's, um, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to live your life in a way that's going to tell the story you want to tell. So you gotta, I mean, the first step, if you want to tell a story is to figure out what story you want to tell. Right. So, I mean, do you know what story you want to tell? No. <laughs> well, so that's going to be your first, once you get that step taken care of, I think that's your only hang up. Once you get that step, step taken care of, it'll be obvious what steps you need to take from there. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I got a couple weeks in before I sort of, and I'm still figuring out what I'm doing. Obviously I'm not saying that by any means I have it figured out. No, you're a professional, right? You're going to be at VidCon. Not this year. Featured featured guest i'm not even gonna go to vidcon this year <laughs> although i guess i probably should yeah. i mean like why not oh yeah i mean that's it's a conversation for another day but like especially if my my whole thing on the vlog for this year is like being positive and getting out of my comfort zone then yeah i probably should go to vidcon but that's a big commitment on on positivity bringing that back around now how is your progress do you feel on like the positive lifestyle because i feel like you know me personally i've been pushing positivity for like 10 years now that's been like how i live my life and the brand that i try to push to people is like make people smile do the positive thing and then you know going into 2019 you've sort of adopted this as your brand how do you feel like you're progressing with that what sort of inspiration do you look for uh how do you how has your life changed and what what do you do differently than before um i've tried actively not to a i've tried actively not to make assumptions on things before i've experienced them or done them or seen them or whatever like i'm trying to just like free myself from i don't know what the word i'm looking for like you know i'm trying to watch more movies whether or not i think that i will like them or not mm -hmm. um, i'm trying to just kind of approach everything from the aspect of like everything starts neutral 
and 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 I can try my best to make it into something good. So I've tried to approach everything from that mentality and and just kind of easing away from negative people and negative conversations, not on the whole, but like for the most part. I mean, I still think that like having tough conversations is important. I don't think there's anything wrong with having tough conversations. I think it is important to realize the overall value that someone brings to the table though yeah. and cutting out P- toxic yeah. and negative people from your life. Right, right, for sure. But I just, like, I don't even, I hesitate to even use the word toxic. And I mean, I know that I am and that's what I'm doing. But like that, even that just makes me feel uncomfortable at this point. It's just like even, even you, talking, about, talking about toxicity. It's like I, to, to label something like that, I could, or I could just get rid of it. Right. Like, I don't, I don't feel that I need to sit down and like, be like, I'm cutting you out because you're toxic. Interesting. Like I, on some level, I've, I've, I've had to kind of take it to like, it's not my job to, it's my job to help people. It's not my job to fix people. Right. Right. And I, I get that, but there's a certain level of like, you, you can't help everyone. There's a For certain sure. level what I'm of saying. like yeah. realism that you need to, or that at least I need to realize that's, you know, if somebody is a, is a toxic person or, or a negative person consistently and they're, you know, I, I am a, I, when I get a new job, I drink the Kool-Aid. People know this about me. I like, now the reason I do this is because I'm a sales professional and I wouldn't work somewhere where I wouldn't sell the product and I wouldn't buy the product. So it, it's very easy for me to drink Kool-Aid. But I also find that I get surrounded by salespeople and I fall into the same annoying traps with salespeople, you know, where it's like the job sucks, the company sucks, the product sucks, everything sucks. Nobody cares about us. The hours are terrible. You know, it's like I work at a job with incredible health insurance. I only work 35 hours a week. The pay is not amazing, but there's a lot of opportunity to sell. So whatever. And then you can well, so increase your pay. Let me, let me rephrase what I'm trying to say. Cause I think I, I think that came off the wrong way. Like right around the new year, you know, I started this, this whole kick shortly before the new year and it carried over obviously into the new year, but it, I've noticed a lot of people getting on the same bad wagon, but they're getting on it for the wrong reasons. And it's becoming like popular right here at the beginning of 2019 to call everything toxic just for the sake of calling it toxic. And people are using like, Oh, you're a toxic person just to, as an excuse to be mean to people. Right. Now, now you're back in the, the the same boat right and so that's that's what i'm trying to actively avoid and it's just like i'm trying to manage my own relationships manage my own life and like not necessarily make that part of it really anybody else's business that makes sense like i'm not sitting there on twitter like all the time like been having so much fun deleting toxic people from my life because i just don't think that's going to spark the conversations i want it to spark like that's not gonna gonna help me advance conversation with new people that's just going to make people think i'm weird right and it also is sort of directed at those toxic people i think when you when you cut those people out of your life it doesn't even necessarily need to be a conversation it can just sort of you just sort of allow the relationship to fizzle yeah it's just like you know this isn't i feel like if obviously i would never break up with my wife but if you and i were to break up as best friends which I don't think is ever going to happen, but like that would be, it would have to be because of a conversation. Yeah, we would like, have to have a conversation. Our relationship yeah. couldn't just fizzle, but I don't know that there is anybody else on earth that I couldn't just not talk to no, anymore. And it, and it would you have fine. to, you have to judge the strengths of the relationship and decide right. what the, the method is for that. But it's, and, and it's, it's not like people always talk about, about adding by subtraction, but what I'm trying to go for is subtracting by adding, by trying to just surround myself with more positive people and to, and to dive further into my relationships with the positive influences of my life and just allow that to become more of my time as opposed to focusing on like, you know, unfriending people on Facebook and stuff like that. Right. Is I would rather just stop spending time on Facebook and spend time with the positive influences in my life, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Do you have a positive influence you can share with the, with the yokes, Ethan? How do you mean? Well, I mean, is there, is there like a, like I, I recently, and I almost subscribed to it. I was logged on to our YouTube channel i recently discovered a youtube channel that is like just a bastion for positivity for not not in the way that it just talks about how great everything is but it's just a it's a very optimistic channel and i'd, I'd very nearly subscribe but the content i don't think would land with you as well as it does with me well, i don't um, use the channel anyway 
Really? Yeah. Oh. I just use I well, use my own account. Really? Yeah. It's wild. I never log out of our account. I mean, I never logged out of our account, but I just use my own account to watch YouTube videos. I don't know. I can manage my own because I use my watch later a lot. Oh, I do not. I use my watch later all the time. Where like I'll be watching a video and I'm like I want to watch this video but I also want to watch this one and 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 this one. I'm gonna mark all those and then watch the one I'm watching and then go back to that. So that's just a, like a data management reason that I don't use. Don't use the yeah. bacon on eggs account. Well, anyway, if if anybody is looking for a really good channel that covers a topic that I care a lot about and affects my life a lot, you should definitely subscribe to How to ADHD. Uh, it's very very good. And I got onto it because I was looking. I was talking about the journal with the vlog, and uh, she does bullet journaling, and she's very, very interesting. Neat. It definitely, definitely not as important to me as it was when I was in like high school, and it was a much bigger problem. Uh, you know, as an adult, I've just kind of adapted the way I live my life for it to work. Right. Uh, you know, I don't need to take medications or anything anymore. But still, a really good channel. How to ADHD. Well, not being in school, I feel like helps. Yeah, that school a lot. is not designed for the ADHD. Right. Line. Yeah. Anyway, good channel. I'm gonna sub from Bacon. Go and for eggs. it. You can't stop. You can me. sub to whoever. Subscribe. You can sub to whoever you want for bacon and eggs. Well, not whoever. Don't. You know there are reasons. There are limits. You know what's weird about this is I'm subscribed to so many things. I don't even remember subscribing to these things. I've also just been using my YouTube account for like eight years. I know that I was subscribed to Vlog Brothers while it was happening. Also, my YouTube account is the one that has YouTube TV. So ah man, we should have gotten it for the channel. I guess it doesn't matter. Mine's free anyway. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so how's how's your New Year's resolutions going? How's your New Year processing? Processing. Uh. And then we good? can wrap up. Really? Cool. Well, I mean, it's, um, we're like at time right now. Oh, I did not even realize. Yeah. That's why I was starting new conversations. Oh, anyway, my New Year's going pretty well. Uh, I didn't really like resolve for anything specific. I'm trying to do the journal thing, which, and I'm, I'm trying to, to create a vlog, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, let me know, really let time, me know what I can do to help with that. Time management is the big thing. Uh, yeah. I'm just such a busy person. I would agree with that. A very busy person. Um, I do have a another goal I want to talk to you about off screen because it's just got nothing to do with. I got my scratch map. Oh, did, did. you? Look I at that. I got my scratch map. So that's part of my 2019 is to try to go to a bunch of these places. Yay. To get myself out of my comfort zone, <coughs> out of the places I've been before, and be more happy and more positive and make somebody smile every day. Yay. I think I'm doing a good job of that so far. Just to Chris trigger myself. Ethan Edge. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. My, my, my 2019 is going good so far. Uh, let us go ahead and so wrap fi final up, thoughts though. on National Treasure. I know we didn't. No, here's the thing about National Treasure. I was thinking about this because I was making the playlist this week. I made two playlists on Spotify this week. Those are available in our Discord group or uh, on my Twitter at AmeriCarlin. I shared both of them on Twitter. I was thinking about the way I made the playlists is the same way we make the show is that I, I take an idea, which for one of them was songs that aren't rap songs, but are like very lyrically driven. Like they would be, they're, they're less than interesting music. Okay. And then we allow, we take that and we grow from there and you just kind of branch and circle off. And, and the point of this show, Ethan, and I don't know why I always let myself feel guilty about this but the point of this show is that it was designed to be the conversation two best friends had in the barnes and noble behind the movie theater starting with the movie you go to the theater you see the movie you leave you go to the barnes and noble and you build that conversation now in high school i was very bad adhd and we would start on transformers and we would end on geopolitics right you know it just didn't matter okay and that's that's the point of this show it is a movie lovers podcast because we're not film critics we're not we're not here to come out and say you know this is this is a hard critique of this film i think we have some film critic in us and that's why we look at films a little more critically and we pay attention to cinematography and, and stuff like that because i think we are art driven people the same 
way that when I look at a painting, I look at brush strokes and not just a picture. And I look at, you know, why did they put things in the foreground? And I, I, I look at those things. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not going to feel guilty because our conversation started with National Treasure and ended with the Wendy's drive through I'm not either. That's exactly what the show right. is supposed and to some be. some weeks we're going to talk more about the movie and less about the um, life. And some weeks we're going to talk more about the life and less about the movie. And that's just going to be the way it is. Right. I, yeah. You know, and if, if you didn't make it to the end of this yeah. show to hear this, well, you got some good hard-hitting National Treasure commentary and then a lot of funny stuff. At least I hope you laughed. I I would, I'd be, I would suspect. What do you want to watch next week, Ethan? We got a tweet to watch Interstellar. Okay. You want to do that? Sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> I still don't feel like that should be the first Chris Nolan movie review because we announced that we were going to do the prestige, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to question this. Interstellar is one of we my all time favorite we're movies. We do the Dark Knight trilogy. I know. So let's just do it. Let's do it. How do you get to it? I don't know. Find out. Let me get the, let me open Twitter on my shell phone and say, sure, we'll do it next week. Who's it from? Uh, let's see. Twitter. Jaden at flips 2000. Fair enough. All right. Wrap up the show, Ethan. Wrap up the show. All right. I am Ethan Edgehill. He is Tyler Carlin. He's available at AmeriCarlin on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm available at Bacon Ethan on Instagram and WowNow on Twitter. But the O's are still zeros. Um, I have a vlog on Bacon and Eggs Media at YouTube or YouTube.com slash Bacon and Eggs Media. Ty will soon have a vlog on Bacon and Eggs Media. And you can get stuff at Teespring.com slash store slash bacon dash and dash eggs. And we will have a new line of positivity merch up very soon, as soon as we're done designing it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome year. I'm super excited for 2019. I'm super excited you guys are still listening. Super excited to keep making the show. And... Um, our music is by the wonderful Andrew Scott Bell. Uh, he is available at twitter.com slash Andrew Scott Bell and instagram.com slash Andrew Scott Bell. And our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon of Graphite at Graphite VMB on Instagram. He's the best. I will not listen to, to slander of other graphic artists, but I love Vaishan. He is our graphic artist and he does our wonderful logo and everything else for us. And thank you for being Vaishan, Vaishan. And until next week, I've been Ethan Edgel. He's been Tyler Carlin and Ariva Durchi. A glove fry? A very golf.